in speaking with the Greeks and other disciples who had gathered around him, Jesus goes back to true form. He reverts to the kind of agricultural imagery for which he is well known and which speaks volumes in the society in which he lived. It was an agricultural society. People knew the concept of planting and reaping and sowing and harvesting of seasons and all those other things that agricultural workers, our farmers, know all too well. And so to use the image of the grain of wheat was not something outside the realms of what people understood. It's a perfect image for him to use in this context, of course. As he gets closer to Jerusalem, as he comes closer to what we will celebrate in a few weeks' time, his passion and his death and his resurrection, he's aware of what's going to come. He is very aware of what he's come because, as we hear, it's why he came. He came in fulfilment of the Father's plan, the Father's plan that had sent him among us as one like us in all things but sin, a plan that would see him confront the powers of the day, a plan that would see him, as we hear, be glorified, but not in the way we might expect. And Jesus was faithful to that plan. He was faithful to the one who sent him. He was faithful to what was to come. He might not have liked it, He probably didn't seek it out, but he knew that to confront the powers of this world, to confront the ruler of the world, as we hear in our gospel, Jesus would need to be faithful unto death. But it's what he came for. Just like a grain of wheat only fulfills its true purpose when it is planted and dies to itself and thus becomes a whole whole harvest of fruit, So too, in order for Jesus to be true to who he is and why he came, he needed to die. Not because he wanted to die, but because it was the only way to confront the powers of the world. He confronted them with faithfulness to God's plan. To die for Jesus was to send a message to those who would confront him with violence and persecution and hatred. All these things he would take on willingly for our sake. And when he is lifted up, as we hear in our gospel, as I mentioned last week, we see a sign not of death and and defeat, but a sign of the true harvest that comes because someone is prepared to be faithful to what God asks. It's good to be reminded of that as we come towards the end of our Lenten journey, as we come closer and closer to the great festival of his death and resurrection because his death is something profound. It changes everything. It changes our attitude to the way in which we we deal with those who would seek to hurt us, to hate us, to persecute us. Just like the masters down through the ages, we don't resile from death just to keep our own life. If we are to be worthy of the name Christian, we are faithful to what God asks of us, even if it brings us death. We don't seek death. Nobody in their right mind seeks death. But we do seek to be faithful to what God asks of us. We do seek to be faithful to the commands of the gospel that impel us to do the things that we do as church, as individuals so that we can be faithful to God. And if that means we are persecuted, if that means we are hated, if that means we are brought to a position where we have to face death, 
then we remain faithful and we accept those things as the consequence which allows us to die to ourselves in faithfulness to God and so reap a greater harvest through our witness. It's all easy to say, of course, a lot harder to do at times. But we have the witness of many, many martyrs who have gone before us who have shown us what it means to be faithful to what the gospel demands of us. And in this day and age, we commit ourselves once more as we approach the great feast of his death and resurrection to the gospel of Jesus, what it demands of us, even if it costs us our lives.